pros do it right by relying on trusted brands because your reputation depends on it. Lowe's is here to help by having more of those brands in stock like DeWalt. So when you need a DeWalt tool fast, you know where to go and where to save. Because we stock the largest in-store selection of DeWalt power tools and accessories of any national retailer. And now you can save $100 on a DeWalt XR2 Tool 20-volt max brushless power tool combo kit featuring a drill and impact driver for just $289. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offer valid through 616 U.S. only. Hello and welcome to the Daily Fantasy Fix Podcast. I'm your host, Travis Mangone, here to break down the slate for you guys. Talk about some uh, NBA for you over here on Fantasy Draft. If you haven't checked it out, head on over to FantasyDraft.com and check it out. It's a good site. Uh, it gives you a lot of roster flexibility and uh, a lot of fun. So uh, if you haven't yet checked that out, head over there and check it out. <clears throat> but let's dive into the slate. It's a 10-game slate we have going on for you guys. Pretty good one. Uh, so let's just get 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 started. Minnesota Timberwolves and the Boston Celtics are the first game on the slate. 206.5 total on the game, and the Celtics are five point or four and a half point favorites here. The uh, Timberwolves side of the ball. So uh, Tyus Jones, he's questionable right now. So with him being, you know, with him being questionable, that kind of makes some things interesting, right? We could have some value at the guard spot. Uh, maybe some Aaron Brooks or Jamal Crawford, possibly running some point guard a little bit here. Uh, Jimmy Butler would then become interesting, so I'm assuming he would take on some more point guard duties. Problem is, this is not the uh, this is not the most uh, you know most appealing matchup to be targeting, right? The Boston Celtics are uh, one of the best teams in the league, and uh, you know on defense they basically are the best. And uh, the other day, you know, I played uh, I played LeBron against the Celtics, and I don't know afterwards I kind of felt dumb, but he, I still think it was a good play, and he's destroyed the Celtics historically, blah blah blah, and he's matchup proof. But yeah, this is one of the best defensive teams. So like that got has me a little worried. And maybe because of that recent uh, situation with LeBron, I'm a little gun shy. I want to go Butler here, but I still think he's a fine play uh, throughout the industry. If he's going to be getting more point guard duties, that's just a he, that's just a nice little boost for him. Uh, Andrew Wiggins too. He seems like he's thrived without Jeff Teague there. It's just definitely giving him more opportunities to score. So. Uh, from that perspective, I like him, but I don't love the matchup for him. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns, again, he's another guy, right? Too. He'll if if there is no Jones too as well. Like there's just more opportunities for him to get the ball. Uh, I think he's an okay play too. I don't hate him, but other centers I probably like a little bit better on the slate. Let's move on to the Celtics side of the ball. Talk about them real quick. We have, uh, you know, Kyrie Irving. Obviously, he's a guy that you always love, but he's kind of priced up on phase draft. 16.2K. I just don't know if I want to pay that price tag for him. And all throughout the industry, he's pretty pricey. So I'm going to think I'm going to pass on Kyrie. I mean, we know he has like a massive ceiling, but he hasn't really like uh, shown it a ton uh recently so i don't know i think i'm just not gonna play Kyrie here in this spot and not many of the celtics i'm trying to think like who actually really becomes appealing for me here and it's just maybe al horford against like towns defense i think is really interesting but uh other than that i don't know and this is not a game i really love and i'm probably not gonna target a ton and just kind of hope uh nothing really burns me from this game uh, if you told me I had to, you know, pick someone from each side of the ball, it'd probably be Butler on the Timberwolves side and then Horford on the other, and that's kind of how I would run it. All right, let's move on to the next one. Let's go to the uh, Detroit Pistons and the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. This is a 7 o'clock game. Just so you guys know, it's weird. Uh, you know, we have two 7 o'clock games, then we have uh, 8 o'clock games after that. So nothing at 730 
that's going to be really odd on us, like injury news wise. So any injury stuff like in the later games that can like things that pop up and whatnot, uh, could be tough to see if we get that. We could get it during the day, but if we don't get it, you know, by maybe like three, four o'clock Eastern, I'd definitely be worried about if we're going to get it or not. Uh, Eight o'clock games, we might get some stuff, but just something to note on this slate specifically. But talk about the Pistons real quick. Uh, Pistons have, uh, you know, obviously we might have Bo- Boban Marjanovic. Boban uh, unleashed the Boban the other day. He was the chalk. He's a guy that uh, if Drummond doesn't play, I'm sure people will have interest in him and he'll be chalky again. Over on Fantasy Draft, if we look at the pricing there, what do we have Boban at? Boban is uh, 8.9K, so he got he got priced up too. Uh, I still think he's a fine play if he does start. Uh, I'm assuming if he does start and he's going up against Embiid, man, Embiid's just going to be a... Uh, probably dominating him from the three-point line uh, it should just be a field day for him but yeah we definitely need this drummond news uh, you know if drummond plays i still think that's good for him because mb basically said like uh dude this guy got this guy's got no defense and like he like attacked him at the rim last time they played so like i'm assuming uh Embiid will do the same he'll either just like drain threes because drummond won't go out and cover him or he'll just attack him at the rim because he knows drummond can get in foul trouble really easily so uh, yeah, definitely think Embiid's going to be in a good spot, but let's keep talking about the Pistons a little bit. Avery Bradley, I think he's a good play. He'll, you know, with with no Reggie Jackson, definitely helps him out. I think Avery Bradley, you know, he's priced down from, you know, he was struggling earlier on, and then he had that, you know, he was out for a little bit. Like, he's just definitely just priced down for what he normally does. So I think Avery Bradley's a fine play. Ish Smith, he's starting to get a little pricey for me. Uh, 11.4K, I don't know if I'm going to go that way today. Uh, it's definitely in the conversation. I, I want to play Ish Smith, I feel like. It feels like a good spot, but with Embiid there, obviously protecting the rim, that could cause some problems. We saw that with Murray the other day. Uh, I think Murray is a, not Murray, I think Ish Smith is a, he's a decent play, but I don't know. It's not like the past couple days where we've just been like kind of mashing in Ish Smith. I think we have to temper our expectations and really think about it uh, when, we, when we kind of uh, pick him today and just, you know, if Embiid's out, that'll be huge for Smith. So then I have some real interest in him. But other than that, I'm definitely taking the wait and see approach right now. I'm going to kind of uh, wait and see how my lineups develop. And I get it, right? He's going to see a ton of usage, but he's not a guy I'm like jamming in my lineups like I was, the, you know, in the past. Tobias Harris, I like him a lot. He's one of my favorite guys on this Piston side. I think there's a really good upside for him here. So I like uh, Tobias Harris, the price tag of 12.6K. Uh, he's just got seeing a ton of usage, playing really well, and, you know, just has a ton of upside. So I, I think Tobias Harris is a guy I like in tournaments on the Piston side of the ball the most. And yeah, and with Boban, even if Embiid plays, I don't care. I'll still probably play Boban if Drummond sits. Uh, I know the price tag is up, but man, Boban, uh, he's a he's a gets massive fantasy points per minute, so uh, he's definitely in play. But I understand that since he's priced up, people might want to fade him if they think the ownership is going to be like you know 60, 70, 80 percent, something crazy like that. But I don't know if it'll get that high. It's a ten game sleep. All right, let's talk about the Sixer side of the ball. So. Embiid is in a great spot like him here if he's going you know I'm assuming he's playing but you never know with this dude uh it changes all throughout the day his injury status but Embiid if I get a full go on him I'm gonna love him in this spot and definitely want to have exposure to him in tournaments think he's a great play Uh, I just worry about him obviously because with the injury whatnot but one thing to note with Embiid is like he said basically when he was like warming up on Christmas afterwards he was like I mean I just need to warm up and once I like get going and get in the game I'm fine he said like just like the process before that he doesn't feel right but once he gets in the game he feels perfectly fine he said so I don't know it seems like that's like the way that management has been like uh, kind of saying oh he's not playing then I don't know where he plays it seems like it's something that Embiid has really just said like I'm going to play these games I don't care how I feel before I'm gonna get in that game and like see how I feel because I I really think that he, you know, hearing that quote really made me believe that, like, he's going to try and play more games. And since Christmas, he's been trying to play more games, right? He kind of just forced his way into the lineup, it seemed like, the other day. So 
Again, I think Embiid is a great play here, and uh, people might be worried because of the uh, injuries in the past, and maybe that keeps some ownership down for you. Then we got uh, Robert Covington. Uh, you know, in the against Pistons, this seems like a game that would fit him well, but I don't know. I'm probably going to pass on him. Uh, 11.3, there is definitely some uh, upside there, so I don't hate him as a play. Ben Simmons at that price tag just passed. He has been so bad. I'm I mean, he's going to be a good player. I know he is, but at this current time, I'm not going to waste my money on him. Uh, and then uh, Sarch, uh, the homie, Dario Sarch, I think he's a decent play too. Definitely uh, definitely can consider him, but I like him more when Embiid is out. So that's kind of one of the issues. So for me, it's mainly Embiid is the guy I like the most on the Sixers side of the ball. All right, let's move on to the next game. we got the Toronto Raptors and the Milwaukee Bucks. And I believe this was, yeah, this game was played the other day. So, uh, yeah, a lot of recency bias, right? I'm, I believe this was the big DeMar DeRozan game. Uh, I'm going to pull up the game log real quick just to make sure. I uh, want to just double check. But I'm assuming if he this was the game, which, it yes, it was, 74 fantasy points in the game before that. Look, 56.6. I mean, DeMar DeRozan basically has had massive games recently. He's a guy I want to roster when he's, uh, when he's hot because he's a really streaky player. So I'm really torn because, like, I I think I should play him here, but I, I'd never play this dude. Like, it's very rare. I played him, like, a couple times this year. I'm not really the biggest fan of roster. And he's 16.4K. I mean, that's just so pricey. So, ah, oh, man, I'm really torn at what I'm going to do here with him. I think I'm going to do my best to try and not play him, but if I feel like ownership is going to be super high on him, I could see myself, uh, like, in tournaments not playing him, then in cash games, maybe if it's, like, close between two guys at the shooting guard position, maybe I'll just uh, default to him and not necessarily block but i doubt it's going to be that he's going to be that high on on a 10 game slate so again he's a guy that i really don't typically like rostering and there's kind of a bias i feel like i personally have towards him so uh that's something i always have to kind of work through with him and i don't know uh, i'm it's one of those things i'm gonna have to if i want if i end up deciding to play him i'm gonna have to work through throughout the day i think we all have that with certain players and uh, he's one of those that i have that with so uh yeah just kind of want to note that on the rosen uh, in tournaments, I think Kyle Lowry is a great pivot off of DeRozan because if we think that ownership will be higher on DeRozan, Kyle Lowry, he had a decent game the other game against Milwaukee, and he could obviously be the beneficiary. Like, say the number swap, right? Say uh, DeRozan has the game that Lowry had, and, uh, you know, Lowry has the game that DeRozan had. Uh, that could be huge, a nice little leverage play for you there. Uh, you know, we obviously like t- targeting the Bucks at the big man position. I won't be going to Jonas Valanciunas because that guy's just a disaster and such a pain to uh, roster, and you never know what's going to happen with that dude. He's very unpredictable. I only play him when I... Uh when, when he's basically, uh, you know, I only play him in cash when, like, he's in that, like, dream spot and he's, like, kind of, like, going to be the chalk and I feel okay that, like, I'll die with the field if he does bad, but he's in that great spot. Like, I think it was the Mavs, was it the Mavs the other day when Ibaka was suspended, whenever Ibaka was suspended. Uh, yeah, I jumped on him, obviously, because Ibaka being out definitely helped. If I had to pick a big man to take between Ibaka and Valanciunas here, I think going with uh, Ibaka makes a ton of sense. I think Ibaka could, uh, you know, game could obviously go uh, go kind of small, and then you have John Henson on Ibaka to close out the game, and Valanciunas just sitting on the bench. So I could easily see that happening. I think Ibaka's a really good play on the Raptors side. But other than that, I'm not really going to mess around with any of those other Raptors. It's a 10-game slate. Let's move on and talk about the Bucks. Like Bucks are in a, uh, you know, this is a pretty decent spot for them too. This, this total is pretty high though, too. Two hundred seventeen point five total. Don't know if I said that at the top, but yeah, that's the, uh, I believe that's, yeah, that's the highest on the slate by 0.5. So definitely a game you want to get exposure to, and it feels weird to say the Raptors Bucks is the highest total on the slate, but here we are. It is. It's the highest total on the slate. So uh, Giannis, he's in a great spot, obviously, but uh, problem with Giannis is. 
uh, he has been, you know, he's been struggling uh, since that knee injury. Uh, I don't know if the recently, so he had a 57.5 the game before. So here we go. Uh, I'll read you game logs here. Uh, he had a zero in Charlotte. That's because he sat because of his knee. And then he had 44.4, 34.5, 47.4, 47.3, and then a 57.5 against uh, the Pacers. I definitely worry about the, uh, you know, worry about the knee a little bit because, you know, blocks are, blocks are kind of down. I mean, last game he had two blocks. Uh, I don't know. It's such a random stat, so it's tough to, tough to think. But I don't know. I'm semi-worried about the knee, so I don't know. I don't think I'm going to end up playing him if I fall. If there's so much value that kind of falls into place and then uh, I kind of fall into Giannis, I wouldn't be surprised because... If you look at this slate, uh, there's not a ton of studs, right? It's uh, Giannis, Embiid, Butler, Jokic. So I could see myself from a raw points perspective, maybe falling on Giannis in my cash games if there's a ton of value that opens up. Uh, but Giannis is currently not a guy that I'm like mashing into my lineups or anything like that. All right, let's move on to the next game. Oh, sorry, not the next game. We still got to talk about uh, Eric Bloodstone, uh, Chris Middleton. Uh, those are guys that I think are solid plays on Fantasy Draft. Uh, they're they're decent prices. I like them over there a lot for 13.6K and 13.9K. I think the way to kind of handle these guys is buy their prices where they're low. Uh, I think it's a good spot for them if I had to pick. I'm going to side with uh, probably the Chris Middleton side of the ball. I'm assuming Eric Bledsoe will get Kyle Lowry defense, and Kyle Lowry has uh, been a pretty good defender this year. So I'm definitely, you know, I get it. Bledsoe's been really good this year and, uh, you know, has has upside on any almost any slate it feels like. Like I don't know where he can go, out, go off, but uh, I think I lean the Giannis and Middleton. If I'm going to, you know, take two bucks here, those are the guys I'm going to go with. Don't think this is a good spot for John Henson, so I'll pass on him. And all these other bench players are just uh, terrible. Uh, don't feel like dealing with any of them, and I don't think there's a lot of fantasy value. But other than that, uh, Giannis, he's a guy that I think is going to, you know, because he's one of the only studs on the slate, he's going to end up falling into people's lives. It might end up falling into mine. Uh, I just know I just know I'm a little worried because I feel like I've been burned recently. Uh, I played him after the, that you know random knee injury where he sat out, and he kind of hurt me a couple of games. So maybe that's why I'm uh, a little gun shy on going to him, but. With him being one of the only uh, only studs on the slate, and if value opens up, I, he could end up making it into my cash game. But we'll have to see how things shake up. You know how the NBA is. All right, next game: New York Knicks and the Miami Heat. So the Knicks, uh, yeah, they have Porzingis. He's mainly the one guy I really like to target. I know Courtney Lee's had a good season, but uh, man, 99 total for this Knicks against the Miami Heat, who are typically a pretty good defensive team. This just feels like a spot where I'm going to cross off the Knicks and really not touch them at all. I, I don't know. I really don't want to play any of these guys. Porzingis is one of those guys who you can say is like totally matchup proof, right? Uh, I don't know if he's totally matchup proof. He's not there yet, but... Uh, you know, 14.1K is a great price tag for the kind of upside that, that uh, he has. But I don't know. This just seems like not the best spot for me. I'm not going to not gonna mess around with any of these Knicks. Uh, you know, Cantor being there too, it seems like this is a good spot where he could get tons of run because he's going to have some time on Hassan Whiteside. So whenever Whiteside's in there, you feel like you're going to get run from Cantor. But, man, you never know with these Knicks, especially with what they, you know, with Michael Beasley. Let's talk about him a little bit. Uh, he's the real guy to talk about. So, I kind of think that the last game was a really good Michael Beasley spot, and I'm mad I didn't really pull the trigger on him because I wanted to. You know, uh, basically, I feel like the way we're going to have to play the Knicks now going forward is if they're going up against like a double big team, right? Say they're going up against like a team like the Pelicans, uh, where they have Cousins and Davis, you know, th- we're going to have to, you know, play 
Cantor and Porzingis together, right? Well, we're not playing together, but those are the two guys we're going to see most of the minutes. Then maybe Beasley loses some run. Uh, if basically, you know, they play a team like Washington that goes small ball, then we can get, you know, Michael Beasley run and definitely feel good about him getting the run. Uh, especially with Tim Hardaway Jr. being out, you know, there's usage to go around and shots for him to put up. When Tim Hardaway Jr. comes back, I'm sure that's going to hurt Beasley and definitely, uh, you know, basically you know knock him down a lot but until then i think he's definitely interesting tournament playing he keeps getting priced up and priced up where people are not going to want to play him so uh it feels like a situation where if you've been profiting playing michael beasley you should keep playing him but pick your spots right he's 11.8k on uh, fantasy draft that price tag is you know it's not the best right we we normally like him like that single digits we like him super cheap but uh if you've been profiting from you can keep doing it but this is not the spot to do it in my opinion look you know wait for like the spots where they're up pace games you know like a game against like the warriors or the rockets those are like the games that are going to fit him very well so uh whenever it goes small ball i think they're they're you know they're basically going to Put Porzingis at the five a lot, get Cantor a little bit run at the five, uh, and then kind of go with uh, Beasley at the four and then the three at times. So I think that's kind of the way to approach this, uh, you know, the Knicks going forward. Just kind of wanted to talk about that a little bit. But on this slate, I'm just kind of crossing off the Knicks. Uh, I'm not really playing them against the Heat. Don't think it's necessary. On uh, the Heat side of the ball, what to do with them? You know, they've been battling with some injuries, but they're starting to get a little bit healthier. Uh, I don't know. Whiteside, he's a guy, you know, you expect him to get a lot of run against a team that goes big, but I don't know. I don't think playing Whiteside is for me on this slate. I'll have to check on DraftKings for guys. He's 12.4K on Fantasy Draft, which is uh, which is pretty cheap. Uh, you know, I don't mind him over there, but on DraftKings, he was really cheap the other day. That's why I bring it up. Uh, yeah, six seven man, that's really appealing. It's a team where they're gonna play a ton of big men. So I don't know. I think Whiteside is definitely interesting over there. Uh, over on Fandle specifically, probably not, just because. Uh, yeah, the, he's priced up. Uh, he's now a, a seven point six k. He was in the eights the other day, so it's gone a little bit down. But I'd wait for it to go down a little more and just get your exposure on other sites like on Fantasy Draft and DraftKings, where the price is a little bit better. I really don't think this is a spot where I'm gonna be loading up on any heat. Uh, just not really my uh, not really my favorite spot on this slate, so I'm probably just kind of crossing this game off. Unless I get word that one of these guys is sitting that I, I don't expect to sit, right? Then maybe I'll have some interest, but they're starting to get a little bit healthier. I just think this is a game that I'm really not too interested in. I also want to know Michael Beasley's price is 5.3k on DraftKings, which is kind of too cheap for him over there. So that's something to note. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you want to, if you want to get exposure to him, get it over there. And I don't know if it'll become chalky or not, but pretty interesting that his price tag is still very cheap over there. All right. Next game we have, man, feels like one of, you know, the basically the fastest paced team in the league against the slowest paced team in the league. We have the San Antonio Spurs and the Phoenix Suns. Uh, Suns are on the road and this is not a great spot for them. 210 team total. I would just fade the Suns completely against the Spurs here. I mean, when you're going, when you have one of the fastest paced teams against one of the slowest paced teams, they're essentially, you know, going to lose possession. So I'm not going to touch them. Uh, I just don't think it's necessary. It's just less fantasy production for them. If you're going to load up on Spurs and want to run it back with the Sun, I, I get it. Maybe you want to run it back with a, you know, a Devin Booker or TJ Warren. I'm curious which one Kawhi Leonard would be on, and that's I kind of don't know uh, which one he would end up being on because I could see him covering I, either or, but uh, this is just a spot where I'm going to kind of stay away from that. Don't think it's necessary. Uh, Marquis Chris, I know he's been really good recently, but man, this does not seem like a good spot for him, so I'll probably stay away. I don't know. It just seems like a stay away from the Sun spot unless we get, you know, guaranteed value that we feel like we need to play but uh, if you want to run it back it'd be either with a booker or a warren obviously talk about the spurs though i mean spurs are definitely a team to have interest in with 110 team total we never see that from the san antonio spurs 
I know Danny Green is going to be out for the Spurs side of the ball. Don't really know. Uh, I'm assuming the rest of the guys are going to be back, but you never know with the Spurs. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, I think if we know he's going to get the minutes, I think he's definitely in play. Uh, 15.8K on Fantasy Draft. I think that price tag is fine. Uh, I'll look at other sites around the industry for you guys because that's definitely uh, that's definitely something to uh, something to note for sure. Uh, over on Fanduel, he's 8.1K, which is a little pricey. I, we we normally pay that for him, but I mean it's just like a spot against the Suns. I could see them easily not playing him much in the fourth because it's hey it's the Suns. They should probably get blown out. So I don't know. I'm definitely a little worried about that. And then over on DraftKings, he's 7.6K. So I don't know. It's not as cheap as he was. You know, it's definitely he can still pay off that price tag, right? If he's going to get tons of run, uh, you know, obviously it's a good pace up game. So that's great for him too. Uh, just wondering how many minutes he's going to get. So uh, I don't know. It's tough because I, I really want to play him. He took like 20 shots last game, which is great. Seeing tons of peripherals from him too. Getting four steals. Looked like his looked like looked like his old self a little bit. So yeah, I don't know. Kawhi, he feels pricey, but I get if you want to get him in there because we don't already don't have a lot of studs to pay for. So uh, I don't know. He's on he's on my player pool list, but I don't know if he'll definitely make the cut because again, there's guys in small forward I like. There's Giannis uh, that I might end up paying for. There's Jimmy Butler, uh, who you know I don't love the matchup for me, but again, uh, if he's going to see a ton of usage bump, I could understand that. And there's just other small forwards I like too. So I don't know. I don't really know what I'm doing with Kawhi yet, but. I definitely want to get exposure to the Spurs, right? That's definitely it's definitely a fact. Uh, the 110 team total is definitely interesting. I think going to Brian Forbes for cheap is not a bad option if you want some value. Don't hate that. Uh, Lamarcus Aldridge or Pau Gasol, you know, I think they're fine plays to go to. Aldridge feels very safe. Uh, and then Pau Gasol, uh, he's been a lot better this year, uh, especially recently. He's been really good, but I know Kawhi coming back definitely eating that production. So I don't know. Maybe I end up. Maybe I do end up falling on Kawhi. I just worry about the minutes and kind of have to hear that from Popovich first and see what the Spurs are saying they're going to do with him because uh, this is an eight thirty game and definitely concerned, right? Because the last time out uh, there was definitely you know they randomly sat Kawhi and that was very frustrating for people. Luckily we got the news right before the lock. Uh, I'm going to check real quick for you guys and see are they playing tomorrow? Because if they are playing tomorrow, then that's reason to be a little bit worried about maybe them sitting someone out of nowhere. Uh, again i don't know if they're going to but let me check that for you spurs do not play tomorrow so maybe it is okay maybe it'll be fine but again just the the spurs are a team that just check on the news to see what they're going to say uh, and just kind of make sure that uh it, it looks okay because if it does look okay Kawhi is definitely in a very uh, very interesting spot all right, let's head over to the next one. We got the Chicago Bulls and the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, Dallas kept that game close against the Warriors the other day. It was pretty crazy. I don't know if you guys saw that, but it was a pretty crazy game. I kind of expect this game to stay close too, and Vegas agrees. And uh, you know, not not the highest paced teams in the league, but uh, 212 team total. The Bulls have been playing a higher pace, so I expect this game to kind of uh, stay close and be a good one. And one that I kind of want to get some exposure to. I think Justin Holiday is a really good play. Uh, Chris Dunn, where you, you know where you feel like he's still cheap. He, I know he's priced up on some sites, but I think Chris Dunn over a fan strap, even at 13.1k, I still think that price tag is great. Uh, I definitely like playing him over there if we get word that uh, one of these forwards are sitting right uh like if Miritich decides to sit or something you know marking in or Portis, they'd both become interesting for me uh but for me i'm really targeting this backcourt i think uh holiday and dunn are the guys i like the most uh and then let's look at the maps like dennis smith jr he's priced up over on fantasy draft at 13.1k for sure uh, I want to see what he is on, over on uh, other sites, though. He is 6.3K on DraftKings, and then FanDuel, he is he's, he's only 5.9, so he's getting a little priced up, but you know, he's been playing pretty good. 
I think this is a good spot for him too, so I, I like him here. Don't mind getting exposure to him. Harrison Barnes, where you can get him cheap, I don't mind him. I actually think he this is a pretty solid cash gameplay for him uh, at this price tag, 12.2K. Don't mind him. Uh, and then other than that, like I, I don't know. I just never play Maxi Kleber, and I rarely play Dirk, so I'm not really messing with them. But it's really Harrison Barnes and Dennis Smith who are the, the primary guys on that team that I, I have basically think I'm going to get my exposure to. So it's mainly the guards on both teams that I like a lot. Uh, just kind of have to wait and see what the Bulls are doing with their forward position. Uh, it's just such a roulette wheel. And if one's out, though, one obviously always becomes interesting and becomes a better play. So that's kind of why I'm taking the wait-and-see approach there. All right, we got the Utah Jazz and the Denver Nuggets for the next game. Uh, this game is in Denver, so uh, yeah, definitely uh, definitely good for them, for the home team there. Seven-point favorites. Uh, let's talk about the Jazz real quick, though. Ricky Rubio, he has been uh, he has been really good recently, like, this guy's been frustrating all year. I feel like I haven't gotten him right. But uh, last two games, right? 44 fantasy points, 34.9. Uh, been been absolutely crushing it. Uh, and then in Denver, like like four games ago, he had 23.7, which is just, it's like, oh, man, look at the recent game log. It's kind of annoys me, uh, you know, because he's been really good last game, you know, the last two games. But four games ago against Denver, he struggled. Like, I, did something click with Ricky Rubio? What happened? Uh, should I ride the train? I know his price tag's been going up, though. So I don't really know what to do with Ricky Rubio. It's uh, I think he's a good play. I think he's uh, in play, but I'm going to temper my expectations based on what he's shown me all season long. He's been very frustrating, so not really super interested in him. I, I have more interest in maybe Donovan Mitchell or Favors. Those are the guys that have really been you know, seeing the, you know, all the usage and been crushing. I think they're, they're the two guys that if I'm expecting massive ceiling games, I think it's from them and they also feel safe at, at the same time to it. So those are the two guys I have my, my most interest in. If I think this Nuggets game is going to go small, which uh, I don't know because Mike Malone, he said, oh, I'm going to start messing with the minutes a little bit. And what do you know? Like Fareed started playing, uh, you know, getting some playing time the other day. So I don't know what, the, you know, what Mike Malone is going to do. Uh, you know, randomly gave Fareed six minutes. So that was kind of just annoying. Uh, again, it was only six minutes, but he basically said in a quote the other day, like, I'm, uh, I'm playing too tight of rotation. I need to expand it a little more. When Mike, when Mike Malone says that, that's not something I like to hear. So. Uh, but if you think this game's going to go small, uh, you know, Thabo's a guy you want to play. I still think he is a good play anyways. I would still look to play him. Uh, if you need a cheap value, I think he's a good play. But uh, Jazz are definitely not my favorite roster, but there's guys that you want to kind of get exposure to. Let's talk about the Nuggets, though. And uh, Jokic is the guy I like a lot here. 16.1K. Feels a little pricey, but we don't have a lot of studs to pay for, so why not get Jokic here? Uh, the Jazz are not a scary team down low right now. Uh, when they have Gobert, yes, they are, but uh, I think that Jokic is one of the better plays on this slate. like him a lot. He's a guy you definitely want to pay for on this slate. Uh, Jamal Murray, he's been really good recently, but his price tag is up on FanShref. 13.4K, don't really want to pay for that. Uh, that's I get it, he's been crushing, but... I don't know. The upside is there, but I just think it's too much, and I'm, I'm going to pass on that. I'd rather get exposure to Gary Harris or, uh, you know, Will Barton. Those are two guys. And I typically like the roster. Um, I wonder if Will Barton's going to play. I know he was questionable with an illness before the last game, uh, and then he was ended up playing that game. So I believe he should be fine for this one. Uh, I saw that there was a chance maybe he was going to sit this game like yesterday, but it seems like they upgraded his status, and he looks good. To, he looks perfectly fine for this game. So, uh, yeah, and they definitely kind of eat into each other a little bit, Barton and Harris, but uh, I think Harris is going to be needed to cover Donovan Mitchell a ton, so I, I think Harris just being, you know, basically guaranteed all those minutes, and uh, in this type of game, I think Harris is one of the better plays on the Nuggets, so I definitely have interest in him. Other than that, though, like, 
I, I like Trey Lyles. I like Plum, like you know, Plumley. I like I like kind of taking these like forwards for cheap. I've been doing it recently, but with what Mike Malone's been telling me, I'm a little worried and a little cautious about it. If I had to pick, uh, it's Trey Lyles. He's the guy I like the most uh, of these cheap guys. He's been really good, and uh, yeah, I played him the other day, and I was pretty happy with his performance. Could have done a little better, but uh, he's definitely a good play, and he's going to see minutes. I feel like if it's a blowout or if it's not a blowout, it just seems like they're going to give him a run no matter what. So I like don't mind my don't mind Trey Lyles here. All right, let's go to the next game, Washington Wizards and the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, really not a game I like here. Uh, you know, we get the Wizards going into uh, Memphis where, you don't know, the Wizards have not been as good on the road this year. Uh, definitely have struggled a little bit. And they go up against a Grizzlies team that has a slow slow tempo. Uh, obviously, they're they're a little bit faster than, uh, you know, they've been in the past, but they're just definitely still slow. It's definitely going to hurt the Wizards a little with their pace of play. Uh so I'm just probably fading this game. Uh, I don't really like playing many Grizzlies. I actually think Tyreek Evans is the one guy I'll play, like especially on Fantasy Draft at 14K. He seems too cheap. So I think I'll have interest in him over there. Uh, I mean, I'm family. He's like 8.4K. I, we don't have a lot of studs to pay for, so it's weird. Normally I like to like jam in the studs and kind of fit in all the value. So maybe I do end up getting some Evans exposure because of that, uh, because I don't feel like I don't have a lot of spots to pay up for Maybe I do end up going over to Evans because it is a pace up for them. Uh, these are games where you can see him thriving where the game goes small and you're just running up and down the court. So uh, I don't know. I guess Evans is Evans is probably uh, in my player pool and definitely more of an interesting play uh, for sure. But uh, Wizards, I really just don't want to play anyone. It just doesn't seem interesting to me at all. So I'll pass on all these Wizards against the Grizzlies. If I play anyone in this game, it's going to be Tyreek Evans, and that's probably it. Uh I just don't think any of these other guys are necessary. I know Marcus Saul's price tag, 13.4K, is really cheap. So, and I think they're going to, like, this is a guy that they're going to play no matter what. Like, uh, they don't really care, uh, you know, if the game goes small. It's not like he gets ran off the court or anything like that. Marcus Saul can, he can run with them as, you know, best as possible. He's he's their best player, so they're going to keep him on the court uh, for sure. So, if you want to take a shot on him on fantasy draft in a tournament, I don't hate it uh, because you're going to roster so many centers. I think that's fine. But other than that, uh, it's really Tyreek Evans is the guy I like the most in this game. Let's head over to the next game. We got the Atlanta Hawks, and we have the Portland Trailblazers, and Damian Lillard uh, expecting him to play. He is probable, but obviously be on the lookout for that news. He played 32 minutes last game, had about 30 fantasy points. So this is a spot where, uh, you know, against the Hawks, you obviously have to have interest. Uh, the Hawks are not a not a good basketball team. They're a team that we target, uh, you know, tons of fantasy production from. The question is, do we want to pay for him today? Again, not a lot of studs to pay for, so... Uh, Maybe he makes it, but I don't know. I'm trying to like think it through. Like, which point guards would I rather take for, than him? Uh, he's cheap on some sites, uh, and he's priced up on others. Like on Fanduel, he's 8.7k. Uh, if we look at DraftKings, he's 8.5k, which is not a bad price tag. But would you rather have uh, you know Kemba Walker against the Lakers? I mean, that's a great spot. We haven't talked about that yet, but that's coming up. Uh, and there's some other cheaper point guards to like too at their price tags. Like you know, you can get uh, Chris Dunn for on DraftKings 7.1k. He's also really cheap on Fantasy Draft. I like him. Kyle Lowry 7.3k. Uh, you know, he had a good game the other day against Milwaukee, and he just sees a nice usage. And this is one of the higher totals of the, the slate. We talked about Dennis Smith Jr. I mean, Ricky Rubio is possible. Like, there's there there's plays around here, right? There's tons of different point guards. There's I'm sure there's some I've already missed. So. Uh, yeah, I, I just don't know if I want to pay that price tag for a guy coming off an injury. That's kind of my uh, concern, and it's weird because I I want to get exposure to this game, so how should I get my exposure? Uh, I think CJ McCollum's a fine play, but I don't really don't want to pay 15.9K on Fantasy Draft. That's more than Lillard. I'd rather just pay for Lillard and hope that we see a ceiling game from him. 
and maybe people are worried like me to roster him off of an injury maybe that's what i would do in a tournament uh, obviously in a cash game i don't know i don't think i'm gonna get lillard in there i think if i want to get exposure to this trailblazers uh side of the ball i think it's through nurkic i really like uh targeting the hawks at the big man position they've been you know just plug in any big man against the hawks and they pretty much crush it seems like all year long uh, so Nurkic is the guy I, I like the most here, 13.7K. I think, uh, you know, definitely should get some exposure to him. He's been really good recently. It seems like he's kind of, uh, you know, finding his groove right now, getting a little streak here uh, against, uh, you know, Philadelphia 41.9, uh, Atlanta 35.2. He played recently. 45 against Chicago and then 43.4 against Cleveland. I know prices are starting to creep up a little bit, but I still think we could play him here, and I think he's my favorite trailblazer if you force me to pick one. Uh, but I don't know. Maybe maybe I just am get less get less worried about the injury on Lillard and end up going to him. But I don't know. I'm someone that it takes me a little bit. Uh, it takes me a little bit to get on guys coming back from injury, and that's kind of something that I have to you know struggle through and figure out. But again, there's a lot of good point guard plays that I've already talked about who I think I just prefer to roster instead. So uh, that's kind of one of the issues there. Uh, we'll talk about the uh, Atlanta Hawks for a second. So Atlanta, they are, uh, you know, not a fun team in the roster, it seems like, but they have value with all the injuries they have. Uh, there is, There are guys in the roster, and they for some reason, Dennis Roder is, like, hated by the industry and is way too cheap everywhere normally. Uh, again, not the greatest matchup. The Trailblazers, Trailblazers have been really good, uh, just that defense all around this year. Dennis Roder, he's 7K on DraftKings. He's around 13K on Fantasy Draft. I think he's a fine play, but I don't know. I'm not going crazy over him on this slate uh, like I did the other day. Uh, not really all in on him. I think Bazemore is an interesting play. He's kind of priced up too, though. If I had to pick, uh, I'd take uh, on Fantasy Draft. I'd go Schroeder over Bazemore. But where you can get Bazemore cheap on uh, different sites like uh, what's he on on like Vandal 6k I think that's a solid price tag and he's shooting guard eligible so you kind of have to play him you know you have to play two shooting guards not saying you have to play him but you're forced to play two shooting guards so that makes him interesting for sure uh, definitely someone to consider even on DraftKings to base more 6.1k so kind of don't hate those price tags over there for him I think he has upside uh, on almost any slate he feels like a guy that can basically get you 40 at any time and I think this game is a solid game for him uh, they're going to need him on the defensive end against McCollum and Lillard so I don't hate him. Evan Turner, uh, I know I'm kind of bouncing around, but Evan Turner, he's been really good recently. Don't really know like how to like explain it, what the reason is, but uh, I know he's starting to get a little priced up. But I still think he's not a terrible play. Uh, you know, last three games, you've seen the minutes uh, increasing, right? 30 minutes, 37, 32 minutes. That's just really encouraging signs. So if we're going to see 30 minutes from Evan Turner at this price tag, I think he's a uh, he's a fine play on the Trailblazers too. Uh but let's move on to the next game. It's probably, uh, you know, it's the, the late night hammer, uh, last game of the slate, and it's, you know, one of the highest totals, 217 team total of the Los Angeles Lakers and the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, Hornets have definitely struggled on the road this year, but, man, there's reasons to target them here. Uh, we have the Lakers, right? And we get Dwight Howard going uh, narrative street, going back into uh, L.A., the place where he was unwanted and pretty much hated. Uh, fans didn't like him. Sure, he'll be getting booed tonight, but I think he's interesting, and if you have the money to pay for him at center, I don't hate it. Uh, it's definitely not that like plug and play price like it's been recently, but I still think he's a good play and someone to consider. Uh, so I don't hate him in this spot. Dwight Howard, not a bad play here. Uh, at the same price tag though, like uh, pretty much like Kemba Walker. Like I mean, he's a guy that you definitely have to consider. He's only four hundred less, and against the Lakers team that definitely uh, struggles. Uh, and like against teams fast paced, uh, man, Walker could really crush in this spot. I I, I like him here defensively. The Lakers have not been good this year. So Walker, he's one of my favorite plays here. Uh, if you have the money for him, I like paying for him. Uh, definitely think he's definitely think he's a good play here on this slate. 
one guy who's been really bad on the on the uh, the Charlotte Hornets is uh, Michael K. Gilchrist. He has not been good, and the minutes have been down. So again, if he was like getting those like you know thirty minutes, I definitely would have some interest. But with those minutes in like the low twenties recently, and it's weird because like this game environment feels like it fits him so well. Uh, so. Oh man, it's tough to think. Like, I don't know. I don't mind taking a tournament shot on him for cheap. If you want cheap exposure to this game, you know, you can't afford the Kembas and the Howards, but you feel like you need exposure to this game and you're playing tournaments. I don't hate playing Mike King Gilchrist because he feels like he just fits this game so well. Uh, running up and down the court with these guys, uh, you know, when they have basically, it seems like the Lakers are positionless basketball with Ingram and Kuzma, uh, Hart, Caldwell Pope. Just they're going to be like all these different types of wings. I mean, it feels like it fits this game for Mike King Gilchrist really well in tournaments, so I don't mind him here in this spot uh nick batum yeah he's man he's been kind of frustrating this year uh, obviously this game kind of fits him pretty well it seems like if you want like you know basically between like the 20s and 30s like you know mid 20s and low 30s that he's your guy that's what'll get you so if you feel good about that and comfortable about that he's your last piece in sure go right ahead but i don't know for me it's kemba and dwight are my two favorite guys and i don't mind a tournament dart on uh, a mike kid gilchrist also frank the tank uh you know there's a chance that they maybe this game like Dwight Howard gets ran off the floor a little bit, and then they have to go Frank the Tank at the five. I could maybe see that happening. Uh, if you think that's going to happen, you want a cheap center exposure to him as a tournament play. 25 minutes, 31 minutes, and 25 minutes the last three games. You know, he's been getting the minutes and had some pretty good outings. So for, for, for the price that he's at, I don't hate him uh, as an option. Lakers, man, a very unpredictable situation, it feels like. With the way that they're running the minutes, it's been really annoying. So, uh, it's tough to think what they're going to do, right? Lonzo Ball, he is still, uh, you know, he's a full part- participant in practice, so he is questionable for this game. If he plays, that'll definitely muddy up the situation a little bit. I kind of hope he doesn't play. Uh, but, man, it's tough to think what, what they're going to do here. Uh, I think, uh, you know, Contavious Caldwell Pope, because he's he's going to be home, so uh, he's going to play because uh, he's allowed to play in the home games and not road games. Uh, I don't hate him. His price tag has gone down a little bit. I think there's upside there. Uh, Brandon Ingram, you know, he's... He struggled recently, has not had big games, but uh, this is a game that I could see him having a good one. And Kyle Kuzma, too, uh, his minutes have been down and whatnot. His minutes have kind of been all over the place, right? Uh, 36 minutes, 42, 18, 28. Again, this situation has been really unpredictable. So I don't know. I don't think I'm going to be playing Lakers in cash games because I'm a little worried about the minutes unless I hear something. Uh, I'm definitely kind of a little worried about playing these guys in cash because I feel like their minutes are very unpredictable. But uh, in tournaments, I think, uh, you know, obviously you have to uh, pick how you think the game script is going to go. Uh, Julius Randle, too, he's another guy. Uh, I could see him get a lot of run because they're going to need him on Dwight Howard. And if Dwight Howard's going to be in there a lot, who's going to cover him? It's not like it's going to be Brooke Lopez in there for, uh, you know, a million minutes. So I think Julius Randle could be the guy that sees that. So I don't hate him. Uh, you know, if you're going to play Dwight Howard and you see Julius Randle for cheap, don't mind correlating him up there. Uh, maybe you could see them both going at it on the boards a lot. So I think they're fine plays. But. Man, it's it's a, it's it's not a it's a weird slate, right? There's not a lot of studs to pay off for, so it feels you know, and I feel like there's not a lot of value that I absolutely love on this slate in general. So it feels like a really nice balance night, uh, at least for now. Uh, kind of have to wait and see how all the value shakes up. Uh, you know, throughout the day, guys end up being out, and then that opens up some things and maybe pay up. But it feels like a really good balance night, and just to kind of take guys that you feel like are maybe underpriced in the mid tier instead of trying to just jam them all in and making uncomfortable plays. It feels like a good night to maybe go bounce. So uh, maybe do that and make that the approach, and that's kind of 
that's kind of gonna kind of be how I'm gonna send us off. Uh, I think Balance Night is the way to go. And again, thanks a lot for joining me, guys. If you ever have any questions, give me a follow on Twitter at Travis Mangone. It's T R A V I S M A N G O N E. Give me a follow over there and check it out. But for me, Travis Mangone, I am out. Pros do it right by relying on trusted brands because your reputation depends on it. Lowe's is here to help by having more of those brands in stock, like DeWalt. So when you need a DeWalt tool fast, you know where to go and where to save. Because we stock the largest in-store selection of DeWalt power tools and accessories of any national retailer. And now you can save $100 on a DeWalt XR2 Tool 20-volt max brushless power tool combo kit featuring a drill and impact driver for just $289. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offer valid through 616 U.S. only. Pros do it right by relying on trusted brands because your reputation depends on it. Lowe's is here to help by having more of those brands in stock, like DeWalt. So when you need a DeWalt tool fast, you know where to go and where to save. Because we stock the largest in-store selection of DeWalt power tools and accessories of any national retailer. And now you can save $100 on a DeWalt XR2 Tool 20-volt max brushless power tool combo kit featuring a drill and impact driver for just $289. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offer valid through 616 U.S. only.